Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. I am especially jazzed for today's show, and we'll get right to it. Our first caller is Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer from New York. Welcome to the show today. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me on. So I am very keen to hear what's on your mind. What situation or topic would you like to talk about today? Sure. So just a bit of background to start. I've been at the same company, um, a large finance financial institution right out of college for three to four years now and have switched roles within my broader group and gotten more responsibilities in the past year. And generally, I feel that I have a great support system around me and am comfortable speaking my mind um, and am in an environment where I can learn. But one thing that I would love to get your insight on how to navigate is being able to give feedback to your manager or someone in a managerial role. Um, I've also heard this being called managing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is super topic, super important. Before we jump right into that, I want to just spend a moment with where you are right now. I know it's a little, can be a little intimidating to call into a radio show, so I want you to feel relaxed, take a big exhale, right? Inhale a lot of enthusiasm and energy. And just yep. know, right, in your, our own tone of voice, our own attitude is something we can control. And especially in the managing up, any sort of um, topic that we might not feel 100% comfortable in, do your best to kind of get yourself in your, in your own good state. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And take time. That it, it is a, It's a really great opportunity. I call it getting in better relationship with yourself. You know, how am I feeling? Am I a little bit nervous? Which is okay. Not, not saying that's wrong. What do you need to do perhaps to maybe help you relax? Those kinds of prep things for yourself. It's not unlike a sports competition. I don't know. Were you an athlete at all? Uh, yeah. So I swam uh, for all four years in college as well as prior to college. So I've had that experience, um, oh, that's competitive experience. So. That's fantastic. So, well, first of all, I wasn't a student athlete, so congratulations on, I don't know, I barely got out of school without doing a sport, so I don't know how you did. So that's fantastic. Want to encourage, for, and for, right, for all listeners, whether you're an athlete or maybe you're a gardener or whatever particular um, um, activity you do that lights you up, you might use that as a way to help get yourself in, the, in a great state. So mm-hmm. that's the, that whole setup is just really all about ourselves. I mean, that's so easy because that actually conceptually we 100% control. So this managing up is a super skill, super duper skill, you know, upwards, um, peers, as well as to your team, it's all relevant. I think that once you get your own mind state in, in terms of feeling good about it, the next thing is, what's my purpose? And our purpose here might seem like, well, I've got to fix this issue I have with my, my um, manager or boss or uh, and that's true. If you take it a higher level up, it is about creating an environment and helping everyone to grow and supporting the organization's cause. So not to get too lofty, but if you think about, you know, why are we really here? We're, we're here for this whole organization to do amazing. 
Yeah. And, you know, right, if you want, you want to do amazing, you know, and so you would appreciate feedback. And managers, in fact, I was just reading an article how people really do want, they're craving constructive input. However, lots of folks, uh, to the point of our call, aren't as comfortable giving it. So just know that you're serving, I call it the system, the group, um, so that higher level, and then also in being in partnership with whoever that person is. So before we get into the actual moment, I will say that as we have relationships at work, to be able to set up out of the gate, this kind of partnering feedback is built into how we operate before you actually have the input is a great way to go. So as you get started with any new person comes to the team, or you have a new manager saying, you know, I'm thrilled to be working with you. And one thing that I think would help us to thrive is if we feel two-way that we're really open about opportunities where each of us could improve. I'm going to be honest. Do I think that the manager should be having that conversation and making it really easy and safe for people? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Not everybody does that. And, and we know they want it right? We know they want it unless you're really working for not a great boss and that's a whole separate topic, right? So let's assume the good intent is there. So I would encourage that with relationships you have now and that's the way you can pave the way for when you do have um, input. Now, in a scenario, do you have a particular example you want to use, like the kind of feedback you'd like to give to this manager? Yeah, sure. So this is not my current manager, but somebody who I reported to in the past. I didn't really directly work with them, but they are a manager of a lot of my peers, and there are some things that I felt that there just could have been better communication or more transparency, especially from me looking into the issue or, you know, the situation from a third-party perspective, and I have, I feel like I have a great relationship with this person and with my peers. And I just would like to have the opportunity and comfort to give that feedback to them and help them become a more effective manager because I think they have a lot of put, I think they have the right intentions kind of like you were talking about before, but I don't really know where to start and, you know, have a fear that this might reflect negatively on me or I just don't want to be overstepping my place or crossing any lines. Yes, I appreciate your one great relationship that you've created. So this makes it much easier. Your positive intention to help, you know, this person grow. And you just thoroughly articulated your fears. So that just demonstrates you're in a good sense of like what's going on for you, Jennifer. So that's mm -hmm. awesome. I want to encourage, you know, transparency is our friend. You may have heard me say on this show. So to the extent that those things, you're a little bit worried about those fear of overstepping bounds, um, and how you might be perceived. That's, that's something to get out in the open so that you know that, that they know that that's not what you're trying to do. So let's just pretend this person's name is Martha. You know, Martha, okay. right, you catch her and say, Martha, I was, I've been thinking about a meeting and you can get back to it. Um, I have some thoughts that I think are going to really help us all. Um, is there a time that's good for you to have a chat about it? So, you know, very casual, upbeat. This is totally positive, Jennifer. Right. So I, I understand it may feel a little scary. This is where we have to just kind of overcome that. And, you know, it's like when you're stepping up you know, to get ready to get into the pool, it may be a, a little bit butterfly, but that's normal. <laughs> right. So then you get back yeah. and forth. It's a good time. Get the person in a good headspace. Super. And then we think about the energy, this notion of positive, of hope, of 
being a real partner, collaborator, that energy. And people can feel that, you know, they'll feel it, you know, and I can sense from you, you want to do the right thing, right? So Martha, you know, we had this meeting and I, I thought about something that I think would really uh, help the team. And I noticed something and then go through what you noticed. And in a very, I call it the New York Times, an objective kind of way. Do you remember? Yeah. When you said X, great. And you say nothing wrong with that. How do you think it landed for other people? The sooner you can get Martha to think about how other people might have received something is a great thing because they're kind of getting out of their existence. Another way to get into it is, you know, I noticed something. I don't think that's what you intended. I understood what you said, but I'm not sure that other people heard it that way. So again, you're just neutral here, no judging, and just go back and forth. Well, I can't imagine they didn't get it. I can see your point. For me, to be honest with you, I really, I got it. I do think though that there's a risk and then go through it and then tie it back to how it, one, doesn't serve the team as well, two, might not reflect as well on Martha. We're all about our self-interest, right, at the end of the day. So yeah. you're this, you know, right? and, and as always, if you need this term, you know, I'm, I'm bringing this forth. And you said, I'm, I don't want you to think I'm overstepping my bounds. My intention is I just want you to be wildly successful because that makes our organization wildly successful. So please know that's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. And notice, Great. right, a little so when we're nervous, Jennifer, sometimes we race faster and, faster, and then they're not even following us. So that can yeah. be really tricky. So subject, verb, sentence, keep it straightforward, <laughs> right? Take a big breath. Give yourself, it may feel like, oh my God, this is an eternity. And, and I'll, I'll guarantee you that the other person, it seems a very natural tone. It's just in our own heads. It gets magnified. Yeah. Okay. That's good to remember. So, how is that landing for you? No, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of using the group goals in a way that's productive. And also, I feel like using empathy to relate to the manager, but also relate to the people who, when they said X, it might not have landed well. Um, I did have a question, a follow-up question on when you are presenting the situation to the manager and saying, you know, I don't think it landed this way. I don't want to be throwing people under the bus either. Like, I don't want them, the manager, say Martha, to think that, you know, we have been talking about this behind their back or um, I don't want them to feel ganged up, even though it is a one-on-one conversation. That's a great thing to call out to. And just say, if you're sensing that, one thing, Martha, I was very appreciative of is the team had some conversation after because I think people were, you know, a little bit confused or weren't certain or weren't clear, right? Again, something that's fairly factual. So I really appreciated that people were open about it. And I think that's the kind of environment we want to cultivate. Mm-hmm. You haven't assumed that she's feeling ganged up with, you haven't, you know, made anyone bad or wrong. You're just laying it out as part of the reality. And, you know, again, Martha and management has been there, but like, okay, this happens. We're not sure what the boss really said. People are talking about it. And that's, you know, part of the privilege of, of being the leader um, is also appreciating that 
you know, it, it, it's not always easy to give the leader the straight talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even, yeah. you know, as for all of our leaders out there, we know you want it, right? We know what you want it. It's, I encourage folks to really invite it. And then also what you would really hope for, and Martha's response is, gosh, Jennifer, first and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know it may yeah. not be so easy. If that is not, if that doesn't come up naturally for Martha, you know, one suggestion you might make is, I really appreciate how relationship and how receptive you are. If I might, I could offer that if folks come to you, you know, the first thing you just say is a big thank you with a smile. Because mm-hmm. this is the managing up, coaching up, and it gives, you know, get, sometimes they just don't think about it. Everyone's focused on the task, the what. We get that. And what you're trying to do here is really build on the whole relationship dimension, which is the critical part of work, of course. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you feeling that you can go and have a chat with this person, Martha? I think an 8. I I feel like I would, I got a lot away from this, so thank you. Um, but I do want to, you know, gather my thoughts before stepping into a room with them. But I do feel pretty confident that this would be a conversation that would go over well. Super. Eight is fantastic. I encourage, which is just a learning for everyone. I have an iPhone that have the voice memo. Record into it. See how you sound. You know, for mm-hmm. folks that look at people talking, everyone who seems perfect and fabulous impromptu talking has practiced. So I just want to normalize that for everyone. Practice is great. <laughs> and if there's, you know, recording and listening to yourself, and, and I do it, unfortunately, and it's super painful a lot of times. So <laughs> I, just, I can say that it is a dose of medicine, I think, does help us grow. And you'll hear some of the cadence. And I encourage, as you get more comfortable, you know, some modulation in your voice, it's very hard to talk to someone who has, a mom. you know, it's really, you're like, oh my gosh, right? Yeah. So let your, you know, I just want to encourage you to let your personality come through. You're doing what you think is right. Okay, now we th- you think it's right. Someone else may not. That's what happens. So you just have to firm stand, stand firmly for what you, you're trying to do. And, you know, I, I'm sure that you'll be received with positive intention. And, and in fact, probably a great deal of gratitude is my guess, you know, so, so know that that's out there. Uh, okay, so as we wrap, what's your top takeaway from our chat today? Um, well, seeing as how it was the last thing that you had mentioned, the voice memo, recording into it, that's something that I definitely don't do, but feel that would be helpful, not just for this particular situation, but if I'm going into any kind of conversation that seems daunting. Um, so thank you for that. Other than that, using, using the broader group's goals in a way that helps make whoever I'm talking to feel a little bit more comfortable, knowing that you know, there's a lot of empathy in the room and it's all about helping each other grow. Having that as the broader feeling during the conversation, I think, is something that I've taken away from our conversation just to be a little bit more positive and, you know, let everyone feel comfortable when giving feedback, um, which is something that I didn't, I feel like it seems obvious when I say it now, but I didn't know where to begin 
um, originally. So I think that's something that I'll use for this type of conversation going forward. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Positivity. Be confident, right? You start with the confidence. Others have confidence in you. It starts Mm -hmm. there. So I am cheering for you. You reach out. Let me know how it goes or if you have any other questions. And I really appreciate your calling in. And thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you so much, Molly. This is very helpful. You take good care. Appreciate the time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Let's see. Scott, I'm going to welcome Scott to the show. Scott, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be with you. So, my friend, what, uh, say it skillfully, challenge is on your mind? Well, I think this is just serendipitous, uh, just um, coming off of Jennifer's uh, discussion that you just had, uh, because I'd like to Actually, I'm going to go back in time to something that's been essentially resolved mainly by, by time and, and distance from the episode, but it's um, uh, kind of dealing with the other side of the coin that Jennifer was talking, with, or talking about, and that would be about my own, uh, as a leader of a, uh, this is about a nonprofit organization working in a country in, in West Africa, and it was um, maybe about six years ago, but it was when I failed to um, be receptive to uh, being managed up. Uh, I don't think, I think I could have been, I could have used some artful and some skillful managing up, but um, ultimately it was an experience where I think um, as a leader, I I didn't give somebody a a chance to actually uh, communicate me with the, uh, the way that they should. Wow. Do you recall, and I really appreciate you bringing this up, um, you know, kind of after the fact to rethink it. Do you recall how exactly you did respond? I'm curious. Yeah. um, The the short of it, the context is it for for those outside of the situation, I guess, is um, that um, I was running a lot of small-scale projects and looking to invest in young leaders who really didn't have a lot of experience with leading organizations. Um, This particular group was a really fantastic group of people with uh, developmental or physical disabilities who were uh, self-advocating, right? And I was just loving what they were doing on a small-scale uh, themselves that I started to engage them and to find resources to help them with their their goals and their vision. Um, the the be- one of the greatest parts of that experience was then finding a group not just in West Africa but a similar group in New York State that was doing similar work uh, for themselves but that wanted to reach out internationally uh, to have a broader uh, global citizenry and ultimately. It resulted in, the short of it is, it resulted in this New York group actually supporting in many ways the dreams and, and, and projects that the, the West African group was up to. And I was ultimately the facilitator. Um, the, the, the good news was that for the first year and a half, things were, went swimmingly and uh, uh, we had all sorts of wonderful outcomes. But then um, going forward during my regular visits, I started to notice possible problems. And ultimately, the problem was the senior leadership of the uh, of the organization overseas uh, was irresponsibly using money and using it to take care of themselves a little bit more than the people that they were working with and with their organization. And my reaction was so that's the context. My reaction was actually quite it was it was angry, um, it was disappointment, it was betrayal, um, and I remember specifically sitting down with 
various people in the community, including the leaders individually, trying to uh, give them a chance to just tell me what's going on, uh, to, to just be honest so that we could move on. It wasn't going to be a punitive situation, but I just wanted honesty to have the trust to move forward. And they just went deeper and deeper in, in terms of digging in to, to, to deny what I knew to be a fact. And... Um, the sad part about it was I think I ended up leaving that situ- situation, unfortunately alienating those two leaders by, uh, by outing them as people that really did some bad things to their group. And I, I, I feel very responsible for that because in retrospect, um, I put them in over their head. I was, I was not managing as well as I could have in terms of allowing them to, to tell me when they felt over their head or to... Um, to admit that they may have messed up or to just flat out avoid the shame part. And so I would just love to hear your advice about, um, you know, it's a complicated cross-cultural situation like that when, when you're, you're, you're wanting to do the best and to, to represent the people that you're, you're working with, but at the same time you want to hold folks to standards that include not taking money. <laughs> yes. Wow, Scott. Well, first of all, I just, you know, I've done some work in, in Africa and in India, and just my heart's out to you. It's awesome that you're doing it and helping, you know, bridge the cultural divide and help folks help themselves. So my, um, you know, really great kudos for you for that thank example. You. So thank you. So we've got two things going on here. The there is a an ethics topic. You know, you kind of got that gray zone going on. Yeah. And then I think there is, you know, there's this relationship. With the folks, once you find out, I think there's the an angle of one's own response, right? The anger, the disappointment, the betrayal. So let me just right. start with the, the the you part, which is, look at we are humans, uh, we're emotional. That's what makes us human. And so obviously, don't kick yourself or any of us listening, you know, too much in the butt when we, you know, react because that's just how we are. I will offer, as I always do, that for folks who who have some issues with anger, and I'm not saying that that is you at all, but meditation is really (laughs) a great practice for folks. Um, I have gotten much less reactive, uh, much more patient uh, with a a long-term meditation practice. So I just want to put a plug in for that. Uh, I think that, you know, when you got that stuff going on, it's great. Go out, take a run, whatever you do, you know, to just lose that, let it go. It can be you know, it can be really, 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 I can tell, like, you're like, what? How could this be? You know, like, it's just, so it, it's really important to give yourself time to just get back to at least neutral, right? To get to neutral. Right. And then I love what you were doing, Scott, which is the seek first to understand, just trying to, to, to get the facts. I appreciate you were trying to be honest and truthful for those folks, you know, they're, not that self-assured. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, obviously, we weren't there. But presuming there were some signs about that, it might be a way to create real safety, saying, look, I, I'm 100% accountable for this. I set you up, right? I, I, I apologize for not being, you know, um, as available, you know, whatever you need to do to own it, even if you have to pivot a little bit more to help them appreciate, right, that it's not, I'm not blaming you, you're not bad human beings, 
you know, we're, and, and I know that can be hard. And, and my sense is, yes, exactly what you were trying to do. The extent to yeah. which you can join them in the, okay, look at, I am bad here. And just see, you know, see if you can get them to bite a little bit. And then I okay. think straight away, that visioning of, look at how far we've come. Look at what mm. we've created. And here's this incredible other much higher peak, you know, we're on our way to, right? Right. However, <laughs> you know, what we have to do is operate in a way, and again, not to normalize that you could ever take money, but just saying like, if that was then, you know, this is now what got us here doesn't get us there. Some way to help them appreciate that, you know, that can't get on. So I could imagine it would feel gratifying if someone just owned up to it. And, but if that's culturally like impossible, perhaps the ability to, to get commitment that going forward, our behaviors are going to be these kinds of things. And here's how right. we'll know. And, you know, Scott, so then there's a, there is an ethics thing. If that's just not how folks function, that can't, you, it's not your job to change an entire cultural functioning. And so then you would make a personal call, I would say, on what, you know, like where do you stand on it personally? Because you've got this great opportunity to do great things. And is it, is it that, what's that word? Like it's killing a few dead bodies on the road. Is, is that okay? You know yeah. what I mean? Or, yeah. or not. And, and no, I, I do think it gets a little bit personal. So I'll just pause for a moment. How's that landing for you? It's, it's, it's yeah, it's landing really well. Uh, I think that for me, when I, you know, I look back at all the years I've been doing this, and you know, this isn't an uncommon thing. No matter where you work, it's definitely not cultural in in regards to the actual uh, uh, locations where I'm working. It's cultural with most every human group I've ever worked with. Um, but one thing I think that that got me a little bit, maybe this is kind of where the 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 sting hit, was that. Um, unlike other times when it's basically directly from me and with me and my engagement with others, when I'm doing work in places that essentially have a, a, a far less robust economy than the one I'm from, I tend to not care at all if a little bit of money goes off the top because somebody, basically that means somebody got food, somebody took care of something they needed to take care of. And, and I try to work in levels in terms of budgets that are small enough to where that just doesn't even come into to the to the calculus, and so I think what um, helped uh, what maybe helped me go towards a space that I wouldn't normally do would be that I was representing another group and another group's pile of money, and that I I think I was letting my ego get to me with um, being hurt for letting them down. Well, such great self awareness. That's fantastic that you have those feelings. So it's good to reconcile just for yourself, right? So let's let's yeah, just yeah, because that's there. what when I'm trying yeah. to do today. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to offer. You know, you've got this insane self awareness, right? And the most successful folks are very self aware. So congratulations, because it's an ongoing thing. And let your self compassion track. You can't, you know, mm. for all the stuff you know about yourself, you gotta. My, my mentor, Marshall Goldsmith, has this let it go. Like you put your arm in the air, you wave your hand around, let it go, Scott, let it go. You know? And it's just <laughs> give yourself permission to let it go. And you've learned, and obviously you're better for, for it. You've done great work. You're going to do even more great work, right? So, yeah. you know, really, the, I can tell you're, you know, you're, you're, you're great and you're successful because you're really in tune with getting better. But don't let that, you know, go sideways on you and, and not give yourself the credit you deserve. That's a that's a that's that's some good perspective. It's maybe time to 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 let go of this uh, 
five, six year memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I had someone who had been thinking about something for every day for nine months and finally they let it go. I said, great, you know, so five years, I think six years, you get, you got, you've done your time. You've definitely, you've Statue definitely. Statue of limitations is up. That's good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, before we sign off, Scott, do you have a top takeaway from our chat? Um, I'm liking how the word um, less reactive rhymes with be active. Because <laughs> I think with my own management of my own schedule, is I, I don't really take time out to just go and uh, uh, take care of that side of things. So that's, that's my, I think, my, my big takeaway. And the, the second one that kind of follows that is kind of the meta, the meta level uh, that you're discussing. And that is the whole, um, you know, using, thinking about an opportunity like this as, as a way to just realign and to actually strengthen a partnership or strengthen an emerging leader that you really believe in or believed in. And even if they really made a really terrible mistake to, to find a way to, to, to bring them back and to give them a chance to do, do something right. And that, that in and of itself could be um, a foundation for something that we don't quite even understand yet. Beautiful, beautiful mistakes, as my friend Gary Ridge has called, our learning moments, our struggles are what uh, help us to be who we are and to help us to great success. So that's a normal thing. And any any folks around you, Scott, are lucky to be around you. So I really appreciate your calling in. Let me know if I can be of any help in the future. And I thank you. For thank being you very part of the much. Solution. You're, you're a kind soul. Spend some 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 great vibes. Appreciate you. Take good care. All right. Be well. We will take a quick break now. You're listening to Say It Skillfully. I'm your host, Molly Chang, and I'll be back live with you shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Our sponsor for this show is CEO Works, the value coaching company. CEO Works is an executive advisory education company that advances the work of human capital. I've partnered with them on client projects, certified as a value coach myself, and seen the impacts firsthand. They have a unique approach to creating value quickly through talent by identifying the most critical roles, designing the roles, then powering them up with the right incredible talent. Their model coaches the ecosystem all around the talent to produce leaps in value. Their focus is not only on the talent, but also on the role-talent combination. The CEO Works team believes we can improve the world by improving business. I encourage you to find out more at ceoworks.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Say It Skillfully, featuring your host, Molly Chang. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or join the conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter with the hashtag, Say It Skillfully. Now back to your program. Welcome back. Our next caller is from one of my absolute most favorite places, Ithaca, New York. And I welcome Gail to the show. Gail, welcome. Hi, Molly. Thank you very much. I enjoy your show a lot. Awesome. I appreciate your being a listener. What is on your mind today? What can I help you with? Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, so I come from Ithaca, New York, and there's a very large university in Ithaca, and that's where I work. Um, and, uh, you know, we're in a, uh, an environment where uh, everyone is super busy. You know, we're, we're asked to do more, more, more all the time. Um, and so, of course, email is our main method of communication. Um, you know, I um, find that uh, a lot of people are not able to meet regularly because they're teaching in a classroom or they're traveling or um, just um, involved in other things. And so we email all the time, um, as everybody does. But, you know, email is super easy to ignore. And um, if you don't take care of email immediately, you can forget about it. It just kind of goes away, right? And um, you know, there are a number of people in my organization who just don't respond to email. And, you know, I may end up sending them the same email three or four times before I get a response. And, um, you know, it's a waste of time, right? Like, it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of their time. I start to feel like a nag. And, um, you know, there are things I just want to get done, and I don't want to have to go back and revisit them. And... Um, you know, my manager happens to be one of these people, which makes it really tough. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to have the conversation to um, try to address this. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's really trying to change a habit, right? So I'm trying to figure out how can I impact somebody to, um, to change their habit of email and... Um, of not responding to email so that we can have more effective communication and, um, you know, waste less time both on my side and on their side. Because I find that uh, when we do sit down for one-on-one meetings, um, I have to revisit all of these topics and go over them in person when they could have easily been answered um, in email. So I'm trying to figure out how to deal with this. This is great. I'm everybody listening is shaking their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on. We're on both sides of it, right? So this is a universal issue. I appreciate your raising yep. it. So you know, the number one thing is I get it's. I can you know for me it's annoying. I can imagine it doesn't seem like it's fun. It's wasting time. It doesn't need to be this way. It's exasperating. I get all of that. For the sake of keeping our sanity, I would take it very light, Gail. I would be like, okay, okay, let's have a little fun with this one and see what we can do. I know it is a serious topic. It's serious work. I get that. I might offer just some lightness could help perhaps make a breakthrough. And let's just take the, the boss one because I think that's the manager is, is, you know, it's an important relationship and it's a tough one. I might, in, you know, in a one-on-one, you know, and I might try off the campus, right? If you can change the venue a little bit and then, you know, you're gotta, you know, this is the hardest thing is it can be a little bit sensitive because it is your manager, but getting in a real a place of curious curiosity of, you know, great enthusiasm, energy. So you're kind of undeniable, right? And so I think that mm-hmm. could be something you're an energy that you maybe don't normally hold will be something that sends a message. And let's just call this person, John, you know, John, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, in acknowledging the person, they're a good person, they're doing good work, you're doing good work, in, you know, tight sentences. John, I would, you know, I work really hard, you work really hard, I would love us 
to be able to work less and do more. Pause. You know, like put out something that maybe seems completely impossible to John, right? And then, so, so that's a little bit of shock factor. And then, so two of us are a team. I'm here, right, to make you wildly successful and the university successful. I really wanted to, to create a relationship where I think you and I are modeling like the best team on campus, something that's aspirational, right? And, and he might say, so, so let me just ask you right now, let's figure out where we are on a scale of 10, one to 10, being an amazing team. And if that person may have done sports or other teams things, you may bring that in. Just ask them where they think you are. And you know, as and you can say, as someone here, I feel like it's my job to help create the environment where I can really give my best work, do my best work for, for you and in our group. So your intention is just super positive. And just engage and see what's going on. This person is overwhelmed, right? Doesn't have enough time. There's nothing, that, I mean, it's tough. Like I can feel the gerbil wheel going because this is a lot of people's experience. And so if you can just break the frame and then say, yeah, oh my God, see, I, we're in the same boat here. Okay? And say, so, you know, we can't boil the, we're not trying to boil the ocean. I have an idea for two weeks or what have you. Let's try this. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's unlikely to be a shocking thing because he, you know, this person, John's got emails coming in from all over, from above, from below, from sideways and see what, what kind of partnership or collaboration you could come up with that might be a shift. Like any shift would be great to your point. And then if, if he's really interested, you can, the notion of habits, there's so much great work on reframing habits. The issue is the person has to want to do it. So I think it's creating some impotence of a greater future or, you know, that, that nirvana of you could do less and, and uh, get more progress might help. I'll pause for a second. What do you think? Hmm. Well, you know, um, I, it's, it's interesting the way you frame it like that, um, talking about um, having fun with it, right? Because for me, it's all frustration. It's just like, oh, my God, why won't you respond to me, you know? But... Um, I don't know if I if I go into it with a different frame of mind, right? Like that, you know, this is going to happen. So let's let's see how we can make this shift, right? Um, I like the idea of getting him off campus, right, out of the office because we typically do meet in the office, and um, you know, I think that would be a, a helpful step. Um, and I like the idea of thinking about a time frame, right? Like focus on on maybe a two-week period to um, think about reshaping this and, and the way that, that uh, we respond to one another. And I think that that would be a good way to view it and a little bit different, you know, rather than seeing it as just an ongoing problem, okay, let's break it down into a time period. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The other thing that might come into play is if you could imagine, God, is there anyone that you try to reach and they never get back to you, John? <laughs> just see if you can create a parallel situation, okay? And then a little tiny thing, it, it, you know, the email nudge, 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 smiley face, nudge, nudge, you know, make them more joyous. You know, you could say, okay, so what if I play around with my emails? Okay, this is the second try, John, you know, all caps. You know, get some kind of agreement from him that says, okay, my nudges are going to be not less, not frustrated nudges, but like, you know, hysterical nudges. And at least yeah. then your experience isn't death and destruction. <laughs> at least it's a little bit later. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. I, uh, will, I hope you will keep me posted. Let me know what works, what doesn't. I'm happy to revisit and try another tact. Um, and I really appreciate your joining me and being part of the solution. Okay. Thanks so much, Molly. Take care. Our final caller now is Bill. Bill, thank you for joining me on the show. Hi, Molly. How are you today? I could not be better. I'm having a great day. Thank you. So, so I wanted to share with you something that's happened in this tech firm that I'm in that I thought might be interested to the audience, and that is, you know, beginning of the year, companies try to decide what they have to do to adjust to their new reality. And in some cases, that requires a smaller workforce. And so at the tech company I'm at, all of a sudden, we got notes in the mail and said, hey, you've got to plan on X number of people or Y percentage of your team needs to move on because we've got this action to take out some of our indirect workforce. And I go, wow. I looked at this and I said, do they know what kind of team I'm actually leading? Because it turns out it's a team of you know, support fo- folks who do amazing work and also folks who actually sell. So I went back out to that financial leader, the controller of the company said, I got your message. I hear what you want me to do. Do you realize that to do that, I have to take sellers off the playing field? What I got back, crickets, not a single word. And then finally reached out to someone a little lower in the organization and said, do you, do you guys really know what you're doing here? And then you find out it's the, call it the peanut butter approach. We, got a, we have a financial target. It's P times Q, where P, um, P is the cost of people and Q is the number of them. And they said, look, we have to have this many move on. And I go, do you realize that if I do what you want me to do, that there'll be less sellers? Well, you, you got a target, you have to make it. And so Molly, I, I said, well, I'm not going to do it. I said, because to do it means... I'm going to have to take people who actually have a quota and ask them to leave. It completely made no sense. So that's what I did. And so far, crickets. You know, they're getting ready to go do whatever action they've got to do. And yes, we're participating, but at a fraction of what they asked. And I just thought it was an amazing situation where, you know, they they didn't know what to do with an individual case where, oops, we probably made a mistake and can't admit it because then it opens the door for other mistakes to be surfaced and the like. Wow. That's a great success story. <laughs> Congratulations for you and your team. Yeah, I, I think part of it is you, you reach a stage where confidence in yourself and say, look, what, what can they do? Well, I mean, there's lots of things they can go do, but will they do it? And I think the other lesson is there is this, this desire by them for blind faith that so people will just salute and do and not question. And then when you don't get the right answer, so well, you, know, you thought about it and said, well, what, what, what will the CEO say if all of a sudden revenues are down? And they say, well, why are they down? So, well, we have X percent less sellers. Well, why do we have that? Because you gave me a, a Y percent target. And they'll say, well, that's dumb. I said, yeah, I know. And, you know, maybe in this case, we won't have that conversation. We'll see. Well, I applaud you. And I think there's a lot of people out there on both sides of this. So, so I think this is really great to unpack as a way that folks could take something concrete that they can do. So first off, I think that notion of just 
you know, and it's, I've lived through a lot of these, realizing that in some building, someone's got a spreadsheet and they're like, okay, these numbers don't work. So people with spreadsheets as they do think about how do we make the numbers work? And so they're just trying, they are trying to serve the system. They're not well-informed. They maybe don't have the time to ask. So that's the opportunity for the folks like you to say, you know, how could they possibly know? Because I'm the one running the business. I'm the one in the trenches. And if I don't say something, they'll never know. And I, I, I think that that energy versus a, I can't believe it and, and annoyed that there's kind of black and white there. And I, I picked the high road on that. And I think, you know, getting the sense you've been there well. So, you know, when you've been around the block and I do encourage that for folks, you know, look at you understand a bit of the game acknowledge it and, and just show, share the facts, share the facts. And that, you know, again, if you were steward of the business, what would be the right thing to really help the business? Because no one benefits, right? When ultimately the business isn't making the right decisions for the business. And when you're in a privileged position with more information, you know, I think part of that is, Hey, I'll be as, I could be as, as you know, a, a trooper and kind of do this and meantime, shoot, not even just our foot, but take a leg off of us. And I, and I really, with good conscience, I can't do that. So, you know, the crickets, I think lots of times is the no news is good news in the bigger organization. So it's like, okay, you take a stand and, you know, it's not, it's not great. You know, obviously if this happens everywhere in the business, it, it, it could really be mayhem. At the same time, hopefully what can happen is that the folks who are, you know, having to deal with these moves can start to reach out through the whole organization. And, and, you know, the reason I started this whole say it skillfully was look at, we can't make the best decisions if we're not getting a flow of information, the good news and the bad news from throughout the organization. It's impossible to be in a building, you know, one building and to have all the information to make the best decisions. So I, I am curious, Bill, if you had other, peers in a similar situation that you talked to, to about this at all or, 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 you know, kind of what others in your situation were doing? Uh, yes, I spoke to several others. Uh, obviously, it's part of it's commiserating. But what, what was interesting is how many of them just accepted, well, I got to go do this. I, and when I told them I wasn't going to do it, they said, well, gee, you have to do it. I said, no. I said, I'm not going to do it. And they can decide, because it was, it was pretty clear that, you know, logic, you know, there, there is some level of logic out there. They may not be able to admit it, but it's there. So well, I was surprised how many senior people were just going to say, well, I'm just going to go do it. When it blows up, I'm going to tell them it's your fault because you made me do this. I go, wow, that's, that's a drag. Um, but it also kind of led to another set of discussions because, you know, obviously we're talking, there are people involved, and, and then there'll be people who have to leave. And I, and I said, well, geez, have you ever had a conversation with your employees about how they really fit in the organization and how, how, necess- how important are they or not? Because, you know, in some ways these things happen because no one's ever had those conversations. So the, the shock factor is going to be somebody who, who's going to be asked to leave and say, well, I've been doing a great job for all this time. And I said, well, are you telling them that it's, they're doing good work, but it's not top of the list? And you've, it's amazing. There's no conversations. And I think we all fall in that trap, including myself, is nobody wants to give bad news, which is, you know, dear Sally, um, I really appreciate what you've been doing, but in the grand schemes of what, I, or what the firm is doing, 
it's not the most important thing. And, and I really think you need to find other areas where you can even add more value because I think you, you deserve to do that. But I don't think those conversations happen enough. Wow, what a great um, learning for leaders. I, you know, it's, this is a, it falls to me in the do the right thing. And there's, you know, activity versus progress. And I've always been shocked. You know, we wake up, we have 15,000 too many people. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's, how did that happen? And, you know, I, I think, you know, and I, I have empathy for the senior folks because you're in this, it's kind of running around, you know, in a treadmill. And kudos to you to be a leader of leaders, Bill, to say, you know what, you, you know, in my world, this, I can't, I can't. And, and I think that to the extent more people own that, take the high road, do what they think is the right thing. You're not, you know, not in a disabling way for the organization, but I think you start to give people some hope and, um, and to really think about treating people the way that you would want to be treated. And um, I'm curious, have you had, I mean, in your team, do you feel like you've had to have those conversations when you're kind of seeing that this role or this area isn't going to grow and let people know? I'm, I'm just wondering how many times you've actually done this. Um, occasionally, and ha- well, the last time was like last week. Somebody came and asked for they asked for some advice. You know, a skip level. They came up and said, "Look, I want to talk to you about what I'm doing," and it was about say, they want to make certain I knew what they'd been doing. So you listen for a while about all the things that they're doing, and you know, they may be on an important project. And I said, "Okay, so what?" And I said, "I, I, I agree with you. The project's important." Uh, but we don't control everything. You know, so you either win the contract or you don't. I said, I said, so what do you do if we don't win? And they said, well, of course we have to. I said, I understand, but not everything's in our control. What do you do if we don't win? What, 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 where else can you help the firm? What else can you go do? And it was like a startling, like, and I said, well, that's what you need. You need to play B. Not that you plan for the worst, but you have some... You know, how do you add value to the firm beyond what you're just doing today? Because today may change. And, you know, it's, you know, it's like with any of us. It, it, it take, you, you have to almost hit them on the head with a sledgehammer to get them to listen. Because they're in a certain zone where they know what they've been doing, but time's gone by. I said, well, and, and there are some who get it and, and some, and some who sharpen the saws, Stephen Covey would say, and some who don't. And it's extremely painful to have that conversation with the ones that have, and actually it really feels bad as you, you've, the discussion's way too late. Discussion should happen years ago. Now you're having a discussion that you really, acting on it's going to be a real challenge. Yes. Yes. I love what you're doing here. And for listeners, that ability to ask questions, people are empowered to, build and manage their own careers, right? Absolutely, companies and bosses need to support, but the individual needs to take the initiative. And Bill, I appreciate that you are kind of having people, forcing them to ask these questions, how do I answer them, which I think is really important for people, particularly as I think there are more more and more entrepreneurial kinds of activities out there. Uh, Bill, I appreciate your coming in. This is a very inspiring to hear you. Um, break the mold. So I thank you for that. And uh, keep me posted if there's other things I can, anything I can help you with, let me know. And um, I appreciate you being part of the solution. Thank you. Take care. Ciao.
So um, I wanted to raise, and it's very germane to the, the callers we had today, uh, yesterday in the New York Times, both the print and the online, Ariana Huffington of Thrive Global, which is a behavior change tech company, very related to our, our callers today, did a post on constructive and compassionate feedback, how to give compassionate feedback while still being constructive, right? And the data shows people want the feedback, they want to grow, but it's all in the how. So I, I encourage folks to check out the article. There are some concrete uh, steps that Ariana provided. I do want to note and turn the tables, though, on the receiver of feedback that may not be so constructive or compassionate. I absolutely agree with the article. Ideally, the folks giving the feedback are doing so in a skillful, in a compassionate, constructive way. When they're not, however, and again, it's just, Show compassion, and I, I love Soren Gordheimer's definition from Just Say Om, which is a great book uh, on yoga for young people, by the way. Compassion, the ability to sit with an open heart in the presence of unpleasant states. The ability to sit with an open heart in the presence of unpleasant states. So I would um, encourage folks, when you're getting feedback, and it may not sound great, it's not coming across in the right way, do your best to assume the positive intention of the person who's giving it to you, have compassion. They may not have the skillfulness um, that, that you'd like them to have. They may not be in as good relationship with themselves as they'd like to, but try to hear the nuggets that will help you to be your very best. So um, on that vein, my thought for the week is a growth opportunity for me. It's been tempting for me over the years to judge, and I'm, I'm looking to have greater humility to seek the humanity in all. And I thank you for tuning in. That's a wrap for today's show. Please reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 